Hey skaters, welcome to episode five. This is Obsessions of a Roller Skater. Where would skaters be without their local and online skate shops? They are the ones who are keeping us up to date on the newest gear, as well as help us ensure we are getting the right products to meet our needs. They are there to help navigate the confusing world of skate sizing, wheel durometer, and everything in between. Today, I'm interviewing Retro Rollers skate shop owners, Elaine and Phil, who have continued to keep the skate community rolling throughout the influx of popularity over the last year. All right, hi you guys. Welcome to Obsessions of a Roller Skater. Hey! Thanks for having us. Yeah, so I uh, wanted to interview you guys to learn some more about your business and really understand your retro roller story. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing this uh, interview. We've... uh, we really um, understand that the community has grown uh, tremendously, which is absolutely our dream come true. Um, obviously, when you start a business, you have a passion, and both Phil and myself have um, our, our skaters first. This is this is the reason why we started the business was um, our passion for skating and the way that we feel uh, when we're skating. Um, when we back before we started our business and started roller skating. Um, the the I think it was a video that we saw first, wasn't it? Um, do you remember the name? Gold. It was yeah, gold by. Um, um, oh geez, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget it now. Put this out. It sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, we um we watched this video music video and um. And it had the LA roller girls in it, yeah. roller skating up the street towards the car with the gear. And the guy looks like he's been in a car accident. I can't remember what it's, it's gold by. Yeah, we'll figure it out. And it's it's uh it's funny how something like that. So this is where our starting point was, and, and we were inspired to go skating. So we took our um, both our kids to a roller rink that's in Mississauga called Scooters. Scooters, and a lot of people know scooters around here. So uh, we went there and, you know, Phil and I looked at each other as we're skating and we're holding hands and we're wearing rental skates. And it was like we finally came to the realization that this was for us in some way, shape or form, as we've been always wanting to get out from under the thumb of other employers uh, for years. And we wanted to, um, we felt we were experienced enough that we could run our own business. We just didn't know what it was going to be. And it was like, there wasn't just light bulbs. It was spotlights. Like it was like an instantaneous, both of us had tears of joy. And um, it was like, we needed to do this constantly. So everyone in the world needs to feel this way in some way, shape or form. And we felt that we could contribute. So that was in 2017. So we really started brainstorming about what we felt the community would need and how we could uh, contribute. Um, In March of 2018, we incorporated our business as I was working uh, at the time at a law firm. And, uh, you know, benefits, full-time job. I I actually really liked my job. And uh, we utilized those services so that we could, you know, get ourselves a stepping stone to our own business. 
And we had our first event in our the town that we're living in now, which is Wellesley, Ontario, at the arena. And uh, during that time, our there was a rink. There is a rink in London uh, called the North London Optimist Community Centre. It's a community centre, and inside there is a wood floor uh, with rental skates. And there's a, a an opportunity for us to put in a bid to run the business there. So we put in that bid. And we won. So we started our pro shop there, as well as uh, purchasing brand new roller skate rentals uh, there. Um, so I guess before that even happened, our intention, uh, because we, when we fell in love with roller skating again, like I had skated as a kid, and then all the roller skate rinks closed up. Um, so basically my roller skates went on the shelf and, and, uh, I grew up and, uh, basically forgot about roller skating. And you kept telling me, Oh, Elaine, you gotta try roller skating. You gotta try roller skating. I'm like, yeah, I remember whatever. Loving yeah, I remember I had, loving it as a kid. I had skated, uh, there, I can't remember the name of the place, but it was across from Yorkdale mall in Toronto. And I remember going there and yeah, I had a good time, but I was a kid, you know, we have memories and it was a good time, but certainly did I, I didn't think we would go this route. <laughs> yeah, we we started the business uh, to bring roller skating to different parts of Ontario that didn't have it. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of searching around for where the roller rinks were, and there was and there were scooters, and there was you know a place in northern Ontario in Orillia, um, another place in Peterborough, and a place in London, and that was about it for roller skating in Ontario. And we really felt like Roller skating was a great thing for families to do together, uh, as well as individuals, and it was a good escape, and it made us feel good, and we wanted to bring that to people uh, throughout Ontario, and, and, you know, that led us to that opportunity to do the, uh, pick up the, the contract in London. Well, and also, too, we felt that there's a, a new generation of phone in your face type of um, individuals and as uh, I'm 46 myself I, I think of people as um, either doers or talkers and it really concerned me that we can't be the talkers we can't be like others um, that just go no you need to get their their phone out of their face or complain about it right um, I felt like same with Phil that well we got to do something about it and what can we do like what what are our options and what will fit well with us and it just felt like this was the answer for us and instead of talking about you know all these problems in the world we're now doing something to fix something um, whether or not it works uh, was remained to be seen but you know fast forward to now I feel like all of those things that happened that led up to this point that we're at right now was our passion. Like it, it all makes sense now looking back why, why it happened the way that it did. And, um, we, we felt like, um, there's all these, um, other sports out there that get a lot of attention and Derby was one of those activities and sports that is fascinating and exciting and it's not getting the attention that it deserves. And, you know, or, again, or the, or the government funding or, yeah. or Amen to you know. that. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, like it, it, it really, it upsets us that, um, you know, in this country, unfortunately, uh, hockey is number one, right? So every facility that's built is built with an ice rink, but nobody builds a facility with a, with a roller rink, right? So we, to get a hold of that facility in London, um, you know, our, our goal is, was to expand on that. Um, we'll put our foot in the door, really. Like, yeah. uh, build the trust uh, with municipalities. And that's exactly what happened. So we spent the majority of our first two years reaching out to municipalities and offering services and telling them, listen, this is, you know, we'll take care of everything for you. Um, and, you know, let us let us see what the community wants. And it, the, the response was tremendously positive. And so in the most recent last year, we were fully booked for 2020, yeah, fully, fully booked. booked because we weren't approaching the municipalities anymore. They were approaching us. Because we, we knocked yeah. on their door for long enough and, and they were looking at the reactions and whatever um, was taking place with the, with the municipalities we were working with. Uh, you know, there was experience there and I think they all contact each other and, you know, how was your experience and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, there was a lot of positivity out there. Well, and then we, we had ended up in December of, uh, 2019, uh, just before the pandemic, we had, uh, revamped our website so that there was the uh, option to shop online. And this was sort of our way of, of introducing um, a little bit more convenience to pr probably more accessories. We really enjoyed the try before you buy. And that's one of the things that we had people coming into our shop to do. And then, um, so that was, in, so that was December, 2019 and then March hit in 2020. And by this time in London at the arena there, the interest was, really building. We had just in February finished uh, recording a music video that took, I believe it was 14 hours that we wore our skates for that day. And oh, wow. we participated in a music video for a local band. And so many people came out for that music video and it was so amazing. And this buildup was happening. We were thinking, oh great, when the music video comes out, we will be just, everybody will be rolling. This is fantastic. So March, we were told, um, I think it was March 16th, we were told basically clear out the store, the community center is closing, and it might be a couple of months. So we did the best we could with what we could pack up and brought it all home, and we were scared. We were really scared. We thought that was the end of it. We thought, you know, our, our stores taken away from us because um, it is inside the community center. So if they close it, stores closed nobody you know we didn't we had to think really fast kind of on our feet obviously um and the best thing we could do is to you know try and get as much stock as we can online and we know, did change for, for the best and do a lot of instagram and facebook marketing and yeah we we had to change all of our stock that was on one point of sale and then put it all onto our website. And that wasn't we, that was Phil. Phil did <laughs> all of that work. And 
I am not worthy of that. I don't have the patience that he has to put all that stuff online. Um, but we're a team and we, we have our strengths and we both work with our strengths and, and it works for us. Well, and one of Phil's strengths is his passion for um, Derby community. And it, it really makes me so proud. I'm going to cry because yeah. he's so he is so he is so passionate about helping others, and he would say to me, "Okay, this is how we're going to run this fundraiser. We're going to help them, and we're going to we're going to do everything we can, and we're going to make sure that they don't have to work because they work so damn hard." And you know, we're we're obviously in a, a relationship personally as well as partners in our in our business, but. Those are the moments that I look back on and I think like so many people don't understand the passion behind our decision making. And the reason why we, we do what we do is because it needs to be addressed. It needs to be helped. And we're going to we're going to do what we can to help them. So we we participated a lot with Tri-City Roller Derby and helped them with fundraising um, via um, I taught a quad fit class and help them raise money for their team. And uh, and then in, in Woodstock, the Roller Derby Misfits, we helped them with their fundraiser. And uh, in the past, they they were basically handed skates to hand out, whereas now it's hands off. We'll take care of everything for you. Go and enjoy yourself and, and chat with the people that are are um, are supporting you. Um, and then we, we also had booked with the Lions Club in Guelph, and they were extremely excited. Um, unfortunately, that got canceled due to COVID. And then um, we still held events, though. So in summary, we held events in, in Wellesley, Mount Forest, uh, the town of Lucan, uh, really liked us there. And Waterloo, we did the, the rec center in Waterloo indoors for the entire summer, as well as an event out, outdoors that was very spontaneous and was one of our most successful um, outdoor events that we've ever done. And uh, it was right beside the LRT line. So the train would go by, people would get off and they'd come and rent skates and skate around. And the the smiles on people was right back to when we started. And it was like, yes, we're doing it. We see it. It's like right there in front of us. And it was the best paycheck ever because you know, when anybody starts a business, it takes time to start making money. And um, that was a paycheck. That was the best paycheck we've ever had. Um, I'm very emotional, by the way, in case you didn't know. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, no, you're very passionate. I love it. And and I think that is definitely something that can bring one of the, I mean, there's so many great things about the uh, roller skating community, but certainly those who are are deeply passionate or, you know, may we say obsessed, um, uh, it, it, it comes out and it's not so readily available. It's those people on the ground who have to make it available and are who have to put in their everything to manifest this vision or dream or, you know, create the hype around it because not everybody's doing it. So it, it is really, it's groundwork of, uh, of all the amazing things that are to come in the future, I think, for, for roller skating. And we were talking um, the other night about how much we love actually roller skating, like actually getting our skates on and going out and skating and, um, and the lack of that in our lives, you know, we're, we're 
feeding the world with roller skates and equipment and stuff like that. Um, and that takes up a lot of our time because uh, really there is only the two of us. We do have a part-time employee, but our house is only so big. And, you know, we can't operate as a, you know, a super well-oiled machine. We do operate like a super well-oiled machine, but uh, there is only the couple of us. And, you know, sometimes the orders are uh, overwhelming and we run like a few days behind. But um, it's hard to... Sometimes it's hard to keep up and, you know, we our our escape mechanism being roller skating. If we're not able to do that, then it, you know, it's a buildup that's, it's hard to take, right? You know, we have, um, but what keeps us going is knowing that we are helping, you know, the greater roller skate community and, and the pandemic's going to be over soon. And we're going to get out of it. We're going to get into our shop again. We're going to be able to operate as a, you know, as a business out of a location once again, instead of out of our houses. And, and um, you know, we'll be able to, we'll be able to do what we love once again. Well, and that was the thing too. We were primarily event-based uh, when we started. That was what we wanted to do. We wanted to be out and see the faces, you know, get that face joy paycheck you know what have you and um so it's been a pivot that although it was scary at first um it's helped us um we're going to be giving back to the community once we're able to again obviously that's that's what we wanted to do in the first place and we're just limited right now um but you know we were excited when the western university approached us to do an event and was tremendously successful and um you know, these are the things that we, we wanted to do was to get a new generation of skaters, not necessarily entertaining those that were skating for the last 20, 30 years, although they're amazing people and a wonderful community. We really need to um, strong arm those younger generation of skaters to get them to come out and then get their friends to come out. And uh, they automatically uh, put their phones down or they take recordings of others, which can spark a uh, irritation in those that have been skating for years. They don't quite understand the fact that that's advertising. That's what's going to keep those kids roller skating by documenting it, sharing it on social media, and then it brings out more skaters so that more events happen. So it takes a lot of patience for us to have to interject and say, no, no, I know that it's unsafe that they're skating with their phone out but they're taking accountability for themselves. You worry about yourself, you know, like, um, so there's, there's sometimes there's a little bit of friction there with an older generation versus a younger generation. Uh, patience is, is definitely needed in that scenario, but, um, we still look at those faces and everyone, regardless of what happens on the rink enjoys themselves. And that's what it's all about. Um, and that's what we wanted. That, that was our original, original plan was to bring joy the joy of roller skating to the to the masses and to people because i'd forgotten about it and i'm sure most of the people in the world had forgotten about it um or at least in canada um and you know there was a small minority of people that actually kept on roller skating up here and uh we wanted to we wanted to bring that joy 
as much as we could to, to others. Yeah, absolutely. And I am I'm right on track with you there as well, Phil. I, I too, grow up, grew up in Ontario. Uh, so lots of long paved piers. And I used to rollerblade. Um, and, and I used to live near, actually used to live near a roller rink called Roller Gardens. And oh, yeah. even though I took my rollerblades there, I remember maybe trying skates once and being like, oh my gosh, that is too hard. I'm just going to stick with my blades because I'm good at it. And I used to like to skate as fast as possible just around the <laughs> rink, <laughs> um, yeah. which is probably why I love jamming now in Derby. But um, yeah, I, you know, I remember when they closed it down and, and maybe at the time, because I was younger, I was more preteen age, I didn't even realize the impact it was having on me. But when they closed the doors of there, a lot of us were gut-wrenched. Like, we were so sad. It was a place that we were going, you know, the parents would drop you off, you'd have a bit of freedom, and you'd just be there for a few hours having fun and expressing yourself and dancing or playing games or whatever they had set up that evening. So... Uh, I remember they turned it into a gym and it was just like, why would you do that? That was the best place in the world. So yeah. after that, you know, maybe I had stuck with rollerblading a bit with my family, um, uh, you know, along the paved strip there in Hamilton, which has grown and grown over the years. It's a big, long paved yeah. strip, basically from Burlington all the way down. And and we used to skate that, but it, you know, it wasn't quite the same as, as the roller rink. It definitely brought, uh, something in, but I forgot about it as well for years and years and continued to play other sports and have fun doing other things. And it wasn't until, uh, I started roller derby that I kind of remembered it again and was like, oh yeah, this is, this is super fun. And, and you see it all the time in, in derby, uh, people getting hooked, right? It, it hooks you. It's such a great feeling. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, for sure. <laughs> I think one of the things that people don't realize is that um, rollerblading and roller skating are so very different in that I, I compare it to, uh, lately I've been comparing it to a motorcycle versus a car. So, you know, when you stop a motorcycle at a stop sign, you have to put your feet down to support it. So you do need to have that hard shell of support. Um, whereas with you know, in a car, you stop, it's supported, and off you go. So the same sort of thing applies to roller skates and, and the roller blades. So you don't need to have the support that you would have um, in a roller blade. You don't need that in a roller skate. So it makes it quite unique in that way. And it becomes more of a social activity that in, in terms of, of how you're skating around and you can change the way you skate based on the fact that you have that support. Um, so you have more versatility and that's where I love, you know, these, so there's, you know, derby park, street skating, um, dance skating, um, rink skating. rink skating. It's, there's so many different, uh, avenues that you can take. So being that it's such an individual activity anyways, um, just adding in the fact that you can change what you do with your skates based on the parts that are on it. So any skate can be changed into an indoor skate or an outdoor skate. It doesn't matter. You buy it as a package, maybe switch out the wheels and boom, now you go outside or boom, now you can dance on a, on a slippery surface and spin or um, it's, it's so versatile and, and inclusive. 
um, any age, any person can roller skate. I kind of think it's, yeah, it's an individual thing, but it's also better when there's a group of people too, you know, or maybe not better, but it's like, if you get a bunch of rollerblades together, everyone's skating really fast and you're kind of like, it's more of, it's, a rush. it's more of a concentration on, I guess, um, on the exercise portion. I don't know. Speed, maybe? Yes. Speed and I, I can see what you're saying when you're roller skating, you're, you're usually doing it in a, a straight line. You know, you're going from point A to point B where it seems, or sorry, when you're rollerblading, you're going from point A to point B. And then when you're on roller skates, there's a little bit more of a playful aspect to it. You know, you want to try a spin, you want to slow down and, you know, take a few steps or you want, there's just different movements that come organically when you're roller skating versus rollerblading. So Right. That's right. right. And, and no one, you know, I, I, the only reason why I might go like, no, these are roller skates. They're not roller. Like I usually correct people. I'm like, come on. It's not like I go up to your tennis games game and say nice badminton playing. Like <laughs> you should, like there's a definite definitive difference between the two activities. So I might be a little perhaps offended by the fact that someone says nice roller blades. And I, but I, I also think I don't dislike rollerblading. I just know that these are roller skates. And I think there's a generation that grew up here in Canada that didn't even know there was roller skates. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the younger kids that are that we see out on our street here, they all have rollerblades, and we go out on our roller skates, and they're in awe. They have, they have no idea, and, and they might say nice, what are, you know, what kind of rollerblades are those, and we tell them they're roller skates, and then we <laughs> kind of give them the... You know, we're old people story and when we were kids this is all they had and <laughs> but but it's um you know, it's great like showing that to to a new generation of, of kids that would have no idea. Um, it's an opportunity. Yeah. It's an opportunity for us to introduce it and like um, I get compliments on the I put luminous wheels on and was going around and just, I was actually quite amazed at the performance of them. And then all the, these adults are like, where did you get those? And I'm like, well, I kind of know someone that sells them. <laughs> just a <laughs> <And> little. Then, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, there's roller skating people in, in our town. And um, it's ironic that I think most people in uh, the town that we live in don't even know we exist yet we are shipping all across Canada into international locations as well uh, but we're really concentrating on our fellow Canadians because in Canada specifically it is really difficult to access all of the the variety of accessories and roller skates in general um, and if we're in Canadian in Canada if we're to order something in the states it's invisible, the custom amount or the customs amount. Like there's this unknown amount of money that we have to pay. And suddenly we're like completely shocked that we have to pay all this money. Whereas if you purchase something that's already in Canada, we've already paid those fees for you, distributed them across the board, all the products. It's all, um, it's done and wrapped up in a pretty bow for you. So when I hear those ordering from the States, when there's somebody that's here that can set that you purchased from, do I get agitated? I'm going to be honest and say, yeah, I do. I get out. I get a little agitated because I think 
supporting local is really important. And also knowing what the what the store you're purchasing from can do for your community. Um, what, what do they do outside of just running a store? So that's a great question to ask, you know, um, perhaps like what we do is we hold events. We just can't right now. Yeah. Um, we help out a local rink that's that's been in trouble because of COVID and uh, provide them with a, a portion of proceeds for the whole month of December. You know, was it a lot? It wasn't as much as we would love to, but, you know, we're doing everything that we can in our, you know, present state uh, to reach out to the community. And instead of competing, it's about community and working together. And and there's a lot of good skate shops in Canada. And I don't want to say that, you know, ours is the only shop to shop at. Um, no. You know, I, and I kind of think that it, it's great that, like, we have some products that other shops don't and other shops have products that we don't. And, you know, it's nice to share that around. There's enough of there's enough people to um you know to keep the shops that we have in canada but it's nice that it would be nice to have the shops that we do have in canada to stay yeah um and it is not an easy business because of the multitude of variations between even products alone so for example it's not like running a shoe shop well, it could, it's kind of comparable because guess, if you get, yeah. if you get, say, let's let's say for example, well, a pair of Nikes what? is a pair of Nikes, and and there's no moving parts on them that you have um, to inspect, and you know, but then you can have a you can have a boot, and you can have any number of different plates put on the bottom of it, and then any number of different bearings and wheels and toe stops, and and we know the you know our our fellow Canadian shops have to do the exact same thing that we do and we know what they go through. And, you know, we think supporting their shops as well is just as important as, you know, supporting ours. So if you're going to go and shop at a different Canadian shop, then it kind of, it's still shopping local and shopping Canadian and kind of keeping the economy here going. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And I can, I can feel that as well. And I, I mentioned when we were talking before that I too work retail and, you know, we compete with a big online retailer who only sells out of a warehouse. They aren't a brick and mortar, you know, they only sell out of a warehouse and they're bringing in mass amounts of stuff and have endless possibilities on their website. Um, but for sure, I have no hard feelings if I, I try, if I cannot get something in for somebody, I don't have the product they're looking for, I try and provide them with uh, information of another brick and mortar shop, maybe local somewhere else, but you know, that is on the wavelength of, of being a store and, you know, doing the community, uh, you know, keeping the dollars there in the community, um, and also providing people with a more human experience when you go to these types of shops, like you're saying you go to your shop or you go to another local skate shop in Canada, like you're, you're also buying a human experience and somebody who's going to be stoked to help you get set up and be there when something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's literally like Christmas 
when we get a delivery here. We yeah. are so excited to open the boxes. Sometimes we have to hold ourselves back because once we open it, we know we have to deal with it. So <laughs> yes. uh, it's like Christmas and uh, we are, you know, we're also sometimes we'll, we'll check tracking to see if they've got their package yet. You know, we're so excited for them to start their journey and right down to uh, something that we started doing right from the beginning last year was I felt that it was important that we have this opportunity of putting a package inside someone else's home that's stuck in their home because of the pandemic. Uh, going back to like the opportunity of having a package be delivered into someone's home that is either self-isolating or uh, what have you, it's an opportunity for us to add to that joy of just opening a package. So we, we make sure that the wrapping and the packaging is done um, well in that it's packaged so it's not going to move around as much and uh, it just appears nice when they open it. And having a, a thank you note in, the, in each package is important in that the person opening understands that we are really genuinely grateful for every single opportunity that we have to get people rolling. And I think it also lets the person know that we actually care about um, the delivery of this parcel and that it's ready to go right out of the box. So um, we spend a, we spend time um, like when we get a pair of skates or a helmet or knee pads or anything like that, we take it all out of the packaging and inspect it before we actually send it out because we don't want to give you the customer um, something that is you know missing parts or the wheels wonky or you know the plate's not on there properly or it's not you know there's a million things that we look at it at every different product because we want you know for one thing we don't want to ship out a product that is going to get returned because that costs everybody money or um you know we want we want it to be good to go right out of the box so that you don't have to worry about it being um well, most every single pair of skates that we take out of the box, every single pair needs the wheels to be adjusted because some of them won't spin. Um, and sometimes it takes a lot of torque to get that loosened off because those things have been manufactured in a factory and they've got drills and the spacer inside between the bearings is um, there to prevent uh, damage to the bearings while they're they're putting the nuts on. So... We're, I'm there like trying to like loosen off all these nuts just so that, you know, the customer can do another adjustment if they need to. So those are the sort of things that we like to do because it's important. It's important to be able to enjoy what you've purchased, uh, whether it be a, you know, $200 skate or a $1,000 skate. It gets the same treatment and respect. And that's something that we as skaters ourselves feel is of value to everyone customer and every um it's an opportunity right yeah i think that's certain having purchased uh you know a few things from you guys that certainly comes off uh absolutely so i think you are doing a fantastic job there it when i open my packages i am also always very excited i remember the first time ordering from you guys and getting my package and having that handwritten note um uh, again, being somebody who works in retail and who also has online sales at my store, it's that's a lot of work. Like that is extra work that you guys don't need to be doing, but certainly shows how much 
you really care about how the other person on the other end is going to feel about their purchase uh, when they do open it up. So that's fantastic. I, I definitely commend you guys for doing all that hard work. Um, and again, people need to remember that's not, you're not gonna get anything like that when you're ordering a pair of skates off of Amazon. And you know, if you're the first person in your group uh, of friends or you don't have anybody who roller skates, you're not gonna know to check all that stuff unless you know to do the research or you've seen somebody mention it before. You're just gonna go out and maybe you'll have a terrible time because your wheels aren't spinning or your truck's loose or something's off and you don't, you know, and then you just hang up your skates and forget about them because it wasn't a great first experience, so. I think. Well, and that actually makes me think about, so one of the things that we're passionate about is, is carrying quality products. So. We have our own limitations when it comes to offering certain brands as, as those brands may perhaps not be of a quality to utilize in the roller skating community. So um, without naming any brands, if it's uh, any skate that's under a $200 value, chances are it will not last, which also means it's going to go to landfill. We really feel strongly about doing what we can to prevent that from happening. Um, if if someone goes out and buys, say, a $100 skate, and the next year they realize, well, or in the next few months, they realize it's not working for them, they're either going to give up skating, not fully understanding their capabilities if they had a decent quality skate, or they're going to throw that skate out, it goes to landfill, and they're going to purchase another skate probably of a, a larger value. And then they've ended up spending probably more than they would have spent if they had just gotten a good quality skate from the get-go. So really, a beginner skate can be any skate. Um, and it, it comes down to budgeting, education, and uh, awareness. And reaching out to those that do have experience um, really utilizing a pro shop that's why it's called a pro shop and not that we're against social media and chatting with others but if you really want to know um, differences between each skate you should get that information from a shop that um, has actually utilized every single one of those brands in some way shape or form like we can take apart a skate and see whether or not it's going to last a long time or not We've had a lot of situations where people have contacted us and said, "Hey, I have brand A skates, and you know, I want to, I want to change the wheels on them because I bought them off of Amazon. I want to change the wheels. I want to change the bearings, and you know, the toe stop doesn't work properly, and it's a hard plastic, and it doesn't actually stop me. Um, and we we say to them, okay, so a set of bearings. You know, you're probably going to spend forty bucks for kind of entry level bearings." Um, and then another 40 or $50 for wheels. And then your toe stops are another 15 bucks. And, and they add it up and they go, well, now I'm up to like $250 that I spent on my skates. And we say, yeah, you know, if you, you could have spent that initially and, and you know, skate and last had, a, years. had a decent <laughs> skate, right? Right off the bat. And that's kind of the way that we sort of think about those kind of things. And I, I know that there's a fine line between, I've never skated before in my entire life. I like I've never bladed. I've never roller skated. I've never done anything on wheels before and I might not like it. Um, and yeah, I'd be gun shy to spend, um, to spend a couple hundred dollars on a pair of skates, but then 
I remember going out to clubs and spending $100 in a night and, <laughs> and then going out the next night doing the same thing, you know. So I spent a couple hundred bucks and then, you know, you got you go to the burger and fry place after that. And, you know, by the time the weekend's over, you spend a couple of hundred dollars, maybe three. And, and nothing to show for it. And nothing to show for <laughs> it. But you can spend $300 and get a decent pair of skates that would last you years. So it's more of a perspective that we're trying to um, educate. You know, it's not about, you know, maybe it's not right for you right now. But if you think about it, give it some time um, and save up a little bit and get something that is going to last you. Or if it doesn't work out, you could sell them and still have value that you could, you know, get some money back on them. If that wasn't, you know, the route that you wanted to take, you could also, you know, hand them down to someone else and they get to enjoy them for years and years. So it's, um, it's, it's difficult for some to understand all of the moving parts. Like for example, we sell also ice skates. We added them to our um, product line and ice skates have basically two parts, you know, a boot and the blade. Um, roller skates have a lot more to it. So all those parts um, are moving and they are, it's important to keep them up to date and keep them clean and maintain those. So there's a lot more involved in roller skates than comparable to other um, types of boots. And just getting that information out there is, uh, has been actually really fun. We would love to do more lives and we would love to do more YouTube videos. And uh, we haven't necessarily had the energy once we, even if we do get some time, we need to, we need to like, Go roller skating. <laughs> yeah, we, we we have to take care of our own mental health as well. Yes, and yeah, and and I will admit I've had my low time where I just felt like overwhelmed and um, fallen into a million pieces because because of the passion we have and sometimes the lack of understanding that. You know, if you waited an extra week, we will treat you so well. Just just hang in there for a little longer. And um, sometimes there is a lack of, of patience on um, the consumer. However, we're worth it. I think all the skate shops are worth the wait. And Because um, we're all busy right now. We I'm are sure all busy. There's, there's a wait even at the bigger shops than us. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I think I'm hoping anyways, that is a silver lining that comes out of all of this pandemic that we've been going through for everybody is, you know, we lived in such a immediate response now, now, now get, get, get consume, consume, consume type of world. Uh, we've all been taken down a few pegs. Uh, like you said, it doesn't matter who you're ordering it from. Uh, it's still going to show up when it's going to show up because it's actually the groundwork that is is behind. Um, it's the supplier that's behind. And, and I think anybody who hasn't worked retail or hasn't worked any type of job where they've experienced that is now kind of getting a little bit of insight or at least having to think about it for a minute. Like, oh, right, this person who is providing me with the product, you know, didn't make it. They didn't, you know, I say all the time at work, I'm not trying to withhold sales from you. Of course, I want to get you what I can get you. And people kind of say, oh, well, I'll go get it at that, that online store that seems to have everything 
Well, what they don't know is that online store is also waiting. You know, that one to two day processing is actually them doing drop shipping and they're not going to be able to get it either because nobody can get it. So I am hoping this, this pandemic, uh, I mean, personally in our area, I've seen a lot more people showing support for all the local stores, which is really great. And, and I'm hoping that is a good big silver lining that we see um, people wanting to know where their products are coming from and, you know, who they're dealing with um, because it does make a difference. That's right. Yeah. Keeping, keeping the money in your local community is the most important thing I think that we can bring out of this pandemic. It's, it's something that we've always kind of felt strongly about. Um, even before we had our own business, you know, we would, we would kind of try and stick, to local rather than, you know, go to big box stores and things like that. You know, there's some things that you can't help but go to a big box store for. I can't go and buy lumber at, you know, someone's small shop, right? Because <laughs> it's a big lumber yard. So, you know, those kind of things you kind of can't shop local for. But, you know, for, for, for dinner and for, you know, local... Um, guitar shop or something like that yeah. it's better to kind of keep the keep the food on the people's tables that are living in your community yeah like we we've we even used to purchase with a local farmer friend and uh we knew exactly how um how he worked his business and it's that knowledge that helped us feel empowered and that's actually how we started being grateful and saying what we're grateful for in on a daily basis with our own family and um it's something that we're passionate about just being engaged in the moment rather than looking at the past. Let's learn from the past, but don't look behind us. Don't look at even ahead. Really. It's about being present in the moment. And that's why when we're dealing with each customer in that moment, uh, if we can't give them the attention that that person needs, we will pause and come back to it at a very quick time. But, um, we need to make sure that we're engaging properly with each scenario because they are so unique um, at times. And it's, it's certainly really important to us. So um, we try and think about how we are, we're customers and consumers ourselves. And how would we like to be treated when we're in the situation that we put our customers into? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, I think that, is something that you're not going to get at with Amazon or, mm-hmm. um, you know, any of the other big box stores or. Well, even when our employee is writing her own thank you note, I, I ask her to think about what is she grateful for? Well, you know, for when she said, I have a job because of this purchase. And so thank you. Like, you know, the, it's about, it's not about what I'm thankful for as the business owner. It's about what are the employees thankful for? And they're writing the notes as well. Um, and now our own kids have, uh, they're now on payroll and working and it's, it's not about, I didn't force them. <laughs> I encourage them strongly. Cause, um, you know, it's like, well, you can either make dinner or you can help me <laughs> get this stuff done so we can all make dinner together or whatever. But, um, They've been helping and, and the kids have said, I've learned more working here than I have being online school. So I, I think we take pride in that and teaching them how to, you know, break down boxes and all the processes that are involved in the background here that a lot of people are not aware of. 
um, we no longer have a garage that has nice garden tools and things that we can reach and grab easily. It's <laughs> stacked high with boxes of pads. And that's, that's the shipments that we do receive are large and typically heavy at their skates. So there's a lot of lifting involved. And so physical exhaustion is a part of what we do as well as mental exhaustion. We fall asleep thinking about our business. We wake up in the morning thinking what emails have come in. And um, at times it takes a lot of effort to just put the phone down and, you know, go in and have a nice hot shower or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just really important for us to stay focused on um, making sure we'll engage with you. We'll just take a moment and we'll, we'll come back to you. And um, most times the customers that we've had have been absolutely uh, fantastic. I can't even, I can't even express that enough, how it's, it's made us feel more human and alive than any other role we've ever had in our, in both of our lives. I can speak for Phil when I say that. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. I mean, you truly can tell that you guys are passionate and that's what we want in this world, right? We want business owners that are passionate about what they're doing. There's so much uh, consumption in this world of things that we don't even need. Um, I think it is important if people, you know, take a minute or invest their time in things that they really love, that it comes through and it trickles out uh, across the whole world, you know, taking care of our planet, taking care of each other. Um, I love that the discussion of mental health is more widely spoken about these days because yeah, we do need that downtime. We do need those moments and we do need to empathize with somebody when they need that moment. Um, so I, I see the world going that way and it's really exciting. Um, of course we all wish we could just wake up and it was all like that tomorrow when everybody was kumbaya and holding hands and here for one another. But even, (laughs) even in times when it may not seem like that on, on the large scale or, or there's still unfortunate things happening, um, that is something that is coming about and we are evolving too. I think that's really great. So having businesses like you guys, um, who are on that track, it's, it's the stepping stones, right? We're, we're getting there. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's exciting change coming for sure. And, And you can feel it and you can see it and people are changing and they're not putting up with the the crap that we used to put up with. Like, I, I don't think, you know, I'd say put up with, but we didn't really put up with it. But it's, it's, I love that it's more out in the open now and it's not acceptable, you know, for the, for the majority of people. And, you know, the, the fight in people is, is here. And, um, you know, I, I love that there's change coming because of all of this, you know, with, we always say with every, uh, you know, if we consider the pandemic a closed door, with every closed door, there's several doors that are going to open up after this. That'll be opportunities for us to, to grow and to change and to learn about what we've learned from, you know, being locked down and being in these situations where we can't see people. And I think it's really, I think it's really great that once this is all over, we're going to be able to see people again you know we're 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 people people yes we need people we we you know and i don't think we recognize that until we couldn't be with each other 
and we were already in a position where like we shut down our full-time jobs and jumped on board with our business uh, full-time. And um, it was, it was a, we were in that position of living, not just existing. And I can see now with this pandemic um, and roller skating in general, seeing people starting to live, you hear kids outside playing all the time. Um, there's, there's a lot more social desires than there ever was before because you don't know what you've got until it's gone, right? Like it's exactly. not a song for any reason other than it's true. Um, <laughs> It, it disappeared and we were already in the position of loving that. We were finally just starting to live our lives and it's like, oh my gosh, we didn't deserve this. <laughs> um, but at the same time, we're, we're seeing now, um, it's fast forward the process of getting other generations skating. Um, so that is an opportunity. And I think it's it, that we're going to see more people, um, more people out roller skating more than ever. And, uh, it's, it's extremely exciting for us. Like, I'm, I don't want to dismiss the fact that even though we're really busy and, you know, we're heads, our heads are down into our, our computers. Um, we're so excited and can't wait to share more news as we, as we have that news to share. And we have, uh, we have good plans coming up and we just, we don't like to share things until it is rock solid going ahead. <laughs> So we will share when we can. And um, if anyone is wondering what's going on, you'll find out. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, that's amazing. Wow. Well, it's been, yeah, it's been such a pleasure. You can, I can really just, you know, I can feel your guys' passion over the phone and, and I truly um, can appreciate everything that you're doing with your business. It aligns very well with how I go about doing my job as well. And so I really do understand that. And, and it does take a lot of work and it does take a lot out of you. Um, but, you know, we're finding the balance is always, is always a nice thing too. And you feel zen and you, feel, you can feel happy when you do. So that's great. Yay. Yay. Cool. Well, I've got, I'm sure we could continue talking forever and ever because, you know, there's just endless things for sure about roller skating. And when you're passionate, it's just easy to, to continue on. But uh, I do have some wrap up questions for you guys. If, if you're ready for it, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to touch on before we move into the wrap up questions? No, hit us with some questions. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've got three here for you. The first one is, what is your fa What is your favorite piece of skate gear right now? Oh, skate gear. It could oh. be anything. Just anything that has to do with roller skating, whether it is a pair of skates or laces or pads, anything. Just what is your favorite uh, skate item right now? Oh, I love I love my my new Snyder plates that Phil mounted on the uh, I snagged a pair of the safety dance Moonlight safety dances and he put a Snyder plate on those so uh, I set those up for uh, dancing and it, it changed immediately. In fact, I have a video on my um, my personal page on Skate Laney uh, on my Instagram. I put the skates on and I felt instant connection with my feet and that is my new favorite thing and I just cannot wait to put them back on my feet to try more moves so I would say that's my new favorite skate thing <laughs> what would you say yours is Phil oh man <laughs> he's thinking I have like to choose one <laughs> <laughs> you can mention a couple 
Yeah, I, I think I think my favorite thing that I kind of yeah, I would say my favorite thing is is my ceramic bearings because I'm I kind of don't I guess I'm older and uh, it takes a lot more effort to keep moving when you're older and with the with ceramic bearings it's a lot easier and it's a lot smoother roll. I don't know. I, I like my ceramics. All right. That's awesome. I just told my fiance if he's looking for any gifts to get me. I, I, ceramics is on the list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a game changer. They're awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, my second one is who is someone you have gained skating inspiration from? Oh. That's easy. What, what would you say, Phil? I'd say Brian in the Netherlands. Be, yeah. be funk phenomenon. Um, and his crew, you know, there's, uh, Gwen Groove Rider and, uh, Mariska, Mariska Kids Roll Power, yeah. Kids Roll Power. Um, they were kind of the first videos that we watched when we, um, started roller skating. Uh, those three skating around in their studio in, in the Netherlands, um, They've got so many moves to follow and like so much. They're inspiring. They're so talented. Those. I would say for me, I am enjoying watching Roller Rouge shine. Um, it's nice to see him and his journey over the last year, especially uh, working hard with the Olympics and uh, transferring over to roller skating has been really fulfilling to see his talent change as well as um, Keegan Shim. Um, both of them brought so much joy into our lives in the last um, number of months that it's, it's inspiring to see them grow and change. I feel like they're like, I want to say siblings, but kids. I'm at that age where it's kind of like, <laughs> so it's really, it's inspiring for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll link all of those people in this uh, podcast description as well so uh, other people can go and check them out and be inspired. Cool. Yeah, that's great. All right, my last question for you is how would you like to see the roller skate community grow? Ooh, that's a very good question. <laughs> uh, I, I want to see it grow where um, meetups happen more often and more acceptance in um, uh, people of color. I feel like um, there there's a, a dramatic number of people that have been skating for many, many, many years uh, that have these talents that are not being recognized or seeked out by a beginner skater. Instead, there's beginner skaters teaching other beginner skaters. Um, and that's fine. And that is great. I really feel we should take in all of that experience from as many experienced skaters as possible. So that's how I want to see people change, really taking in the experienced skaters knowledge and uh, understanding um, that there's a lot of respect there that we can we can grow from. Mm -hmm. From experience. Or from, from experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Phil? And the question was, uh, 
sorry, repeat the question. Yeah. How would you like to see the roller skate community grow? Uh, I'd like to see it grow together. Um, you know, we came in, again, going back to, we started this business so that people could come together and, you know, um, in a positive environment for everybody. Um, you know, skate, don't hate. And, and we kind of all live by that. And, you know, I think we need to all come together and, you know, it's not a competition and I appreciate the challenges that are out there. You know, people have the Instagram and TikTok challenges and things like that. Uh, but it's not a competition and, um, I, I'd love to see people grow into enjoying it as a, as an escape, like we do, you know, it, it's, it's supposed to be fun and, uh, and something active to do and to do together and to learn from each other. Yeah, great. It's a, it's a social community, right? That's what we're, we're here to build. So. Absolutely. And I would love to add that I would love to see Derby crowds cheering the Derby players on at events. I really want to see more crowds there. I am so, I couldn't believe there's like just family sitting in the seats. I'm like, these, the stands should be filled. This is an incredible. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's for sure. That's a for sure. I would be so, like, I get emotional just thinking about it. That would be the most <laughs> exciting thing ever to see crowds cheering on these amazing, skilled derby players. And it, and I would love to see, you know, even to expand on that, I'd love to see the local communities, like um, municipalities and uh, townships and stuff like that get on board with derby as well like make it more accessible for them you know don't make it as expensive to rent you know an empty rink that would be sitting empty otherwise yeah otherwise like they don't make money when nobody's in it so why did they have to insist on making a whole bunch of money off of you know a derby team that doesn't have the the resources or the funds or you know even the crowds the crowds, the crowds. Are yeah there's nobody you know it and again, that would help as well if we had more better crowds to fill the arenas. Um, you know, that'd be easier for them to pay the rent, but that's mm -hmm. not there. So it'd be nice if, you know, the municipalities would give back a little more. You're speaking my language. I live <laughs> where I live now in Nelson, BC. It's not a very big town, and and venue for our derby team has been definitely our number one issue and uh yeah speaking to the crowds Aline you made me remember at the beginning of this pandemic there was a couple of funny memes there that uh it was like hockey players and then like derby players and they're like oh you don't have anybody to watch your games that's so sad <laughs> oh, yeah. right we're just so used to having our our friends and maybe a couple of uh other people who show up but it definitely makes uh a difference for sure so when when there's a big crowd there you can feel it and yeah. and it's and it's an amazing game if you just learn learn the rules and learn what's going on it gets all that more exciting absolutely that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for being my first interview ever. <laughs> That's very exciting for me. Um, I know you guys are busy and I know your downtime is precious to you. So I really, really, really do appreciate you taking time and making time for me today in your schedule. It was our pleasure. Yeah, our pleasure completely. All right. Thank you guys so much. If you would like to show Retro Rollers your support, you can shop with them online at retrorollers.ca as well as follow them on social media at Retro Rollers Inc. If you enjoyed today's content, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave me a comment. I'd love to know what roller skate shops you've been supporting. Keep rolling, be kind, thanks for tuning in.